My name is Jürgen Steinmetz and I'm joining you from Livestream.Travel in Honolulu, reporting for Itobo News. And with us here is Pankai joining us on Zoom from Nepal, from his office in Kathmandu. Pankai is head of Four Seasons Travel in Nepal and his agency has been leading many in regards to offering accessible travel to Nepal. I know after the earthquake, he took a group of American veterans to Nepal in wheelchairs, demonstrating that Nepal was a safe and desirable place to travel even after the earthquake. Pankai always uh, looks out of the box and um, is very much involved in Toastmasters. And now he's getting into spiritual travel. He recently went on a pilgrimage and uh, found himself in a different way and uh, is sharing this experience with him. And this also opens new and additional opportunities for a niche market that wanted to do spiritual travel, specifically in times of COVID-19. This may be an important and lucrative way to offer an alternative way in the travel and tourism industry. Listen to Pankai. Do you like Livestream.Travel and would you like to have your own 30 to 60 second spot in our podcast series? Yes, you can do this. The costs start from just $100. Contact us, go to Livestream.Travel and click on contact and we'll be happy to talk to you. Thank you for your support. Namaste and aloha. My name is Jürgen Steinmetz. I'm joining you from Livestream.Travel in Honolulu, Hawaii. And with me is my good friend. I know for many, many years, doesn't mean we're old, but uh, I know for many, many years, it's uh, Pankai from, uh, I, Pankai, I cannot pronounce your last name. So you're going to tell us your last name. But he's joining us from one of my favorite places in the world. It's uh, Kathmandu, Nepal. And Nepal is just really, if you, if you have never been to Nepal or to the Himalayas, um, go to Nepal. It is something what everyone in their life should at least uh, see one time. I've been to Nepal four or five times. I have to admit, I never saw Mount Everest because it was cloudy. So I have to keep coming back till I actually see Mount Everest. But I saw it from the plane. So it's, it's stunning. But everything in Nepal is a little, it's a little bit different than in many other parts of the world. And Pankai, um, runs a, a company, an inbound tour operator by the name of Four Seasons Travel, very experienced uh, with American travelers and has been doing this for many, many years. And uh, with COVID and everything else going on in the world, there are actually a lot of reasons to travel to Nepal even during these times. And it's not all mountain climbing. Um, there's way more in it. And Pankai discovered this and will tell us a little bit more about himself and um, the new way of exploring Nepal from the inner self, I guess you could say, Frankai. Welcome. Aloha, mahalo, and thank you, Jorgen. As you said, uh, you came to Nepal several times, but you've not been able to see Mount Everest. 
And this reminds me 1923. A New York Times reporter asked George Mallory, who was setting up for his third attempt to climb Mount Everest, 1923. So when he was asked why he wanted to climb Mount Everest, his answer, his answer was very simple in three words. He said, because it is there. Mallory did not say that I'm the best mountaineer or I wanted to satisfy my ego to become the first person on the summit. He simply said, I want to climb Everest because it is there. So that sentence has become a guiding mantra to many people, explorers, seekers, risk takers, entrepreneurs. So why Nepal or for that matter Himalaya matters is not just for simple holiday trip. Yes, as you said, it is and it could be a potential starting point of inner journey for many. Unfortunately, Jules Mallory could not make it. On the third attempt, he lost his life, but he became a hero, right? Until his dead body was found in 1999 and rest is history. People travel, and if you look at the history of traveling, perhaps in the early uh, leisure traveling or traveling for the purpose of not just earning the living was for pilgrimage, right? Whether people travel to Mecca or Hindus travel to all the mountain destination of uh, Lord Siva or Mount Kailas in present-day Tibet, people travel to find the bigger meaning of life. And as the pilgrimages or trips to religious or faith sites have become far easier, of course, the present point in time of COVID is challenging, but if you look back, it has been a lot easier. People can travel and uh, satisfy or earn their religious credits. But beyond that, when we travel to, as a seeker, or to really find ourselves, what Socrates said almost 2,500 years ago, know thyself. So I've found many people in the journey of organizing trips for people who come to the Himalaya, whether they come from far of places like North America or South America or Europe. At times I used to wonder like, what do they come here for? They have better roads, bigger houses, nicely organized, you know, built places. But what do they look for in Nepal or in the Himalaya? But later I understood as I traveled with them, I organized their trips, it is not just what the naked eyes could see. They come here to see things that is not seen by the eyes or feel the energy which is not touched by the hands. 
And Jorgen, like, I can tell you, yes, people have come here to find what they, they didn't know it existed or not. But as they came, they felt that there's something divine. Not only in the monuments or in the mountain, but even in the streets of Kathmandu. This reminds me a lady who I met just before COVID lockdown. She was 70 plus, 75, 76 back then from Austria, a doctor, a medical doctor. And she came to Kathmandu on a trip for almost two weeks, checked into a hotel. And then she just came out of a hotel only two days for the visit of Parton UNESCO Heritage Site and to go to a hill near Kathmandu. And I was pretty curious, like what brings her to Kathmandu and she's just doing tour tours or tour sightseeing. So I went to see her when she was in Parton and I invited her over a cup of coffee. And I asked very politely, Madam, like, what brings you to Kathmandu and why are you not traveling so much? And she said, Pankas, I came here several times. First time in early 90s. And I kept coming back. And probably this is my last trip, not only to Nepal, but out of Europe. Because I'm aging and I probably will not be able to take long haul flights. At that point in time, COVID was really not a threat still. And she said, the reason why I wanted to conclude my international journeys or trip is very simple. When I came here for the first time and several trips I made to Nepal, I found one amazing fact here in the mountains or in the streets of Kathmandu, that people are not waiting to be happy. And I asked her, what do you mean about not waiting to be happy? And she said, I've seen people, whether in the Western world or in the very developed civilization or countries, they wait for happiness. They believe that the way happiness is somewhere in the distant future, not in now. They save enough, they wait for the holiday of their lifetime, or they want to wait for the car to become happy. But what I noticed in Kathmandu, they are just happy with whatever they have, with wherever they are. And I have not seen people who are waiting to be happy. And then I felt it was something very deep. And she said, this is what brought me here. And of course, people come to Nepal for its mountains, because yes, the Himalaya or Everest catches the attention. It has got that pull element. It pulls people to Nepal or in the Himalayan region. But once they are here, they realize that it is more than mountains. 
and then they keep coming back because of the people. So in many cases, I have realized that the people who come, the traveler who come to Nepal to take great picture from the base camp of Mount Everest, or to go on a trekking journey. But at the end of the trip, most of them, they take more than the pictures. They take more than that experience. Most of the time, they get that kind of spiritual spark as they go and stay in the basic lodges in the tea houses, far from modern comfort, or when they go and eat tea or lunch, dal bhat, which is simple rice and lentil made by the local tea house owners. And they find those food very nutritious, cooked with a lot of warmth and very filling. So at times it gives them a realization and there has been many stories, uh, Thomas. If I may tell you a very recent, though there are many, it was uh, a top executive from Microsoft and he was working as marketing director in Asia Pacific based out in Australia. And finally he got leave from his job after working frantically for six years. And guess what? He just chose to be a backpacker. He just took his backpack and headed to Kathmandu. He took a flight, landed in Kathmandu. And in next day he was on the foothill of Annapurna. And there he got connected in the basic tea house with the local people as he was setting up or heading towards the round Annapurna trek that lasted for three weeks. And as he was talking to the local tea house owner, and he had never seen that kind of village, he was from US. And he was curious, like, how does local school look like? And fortunately, he met a man. He was a resource person for schools in that region. So he was in the inspection trip. So out of curiosity, he asked that gentleman, so would you mind if I join you? Because I'm very curious to see, see the schools in, up in the mountain area. And he said, it's fine if you join me up at the six o'clock in the morning, it's right on the way, so you can join me. So this gentleman is simply showed up early in the morning to follow that Nepali official, education official of that region. And after working about an hour time, they were in the school and to his disbelief, that was not kind of the school he had ever imagined in the Western world. The earth packed floor, kids like Sandrine in the can, right? The corrugated seat on the roof, 
But when they entered that school, the kids were so excited. They greeted in perfect English, good morning, sir, you know, as they are. English is taught in Nepal, uh, so right from uh, primary school. So he was quite impressed and he was given a tour by the headmaster. So he saw a few classes, not very different. The classes were on, kids were excited. And at the end, when he was brought for a cup of tea, well, tea is uh, very much offered everywhere you go in Nepal, Thomas, <laughs> whether in the city or in, up in the mountain. So he was offered a cup of tea and, uh, and he looked around and he was pretty curious because he did not see single books, single book until that moment. And he asked the headmaster, sir, do you have a library or do you have books around? Oh, yes, yes, we do have. And he yelled and a teacher came after three minutes. We brought a trunk, a metal box with a big padlock. Opened it, took out few books. A Lonely Planet guidebook left by some crackle. A friend's love story with a kiss scene right on the cover, which was not really suitable for the kids. Agatha Christie novel. And then he took out a map, a world map, where USSR was a country and East Germany existed. Something that was already obsolete, right? right. They had kept it so carefully, safely, locked. His heart sank. He could not believe and it gave him a lot of pain. And he said to the headmaster, so would you mind if I send you a few books? And the headmaster said, oh, we would love to because we want to inculcate reading habits among the students. So he left for his trek next couple of weeks. He concluded his trip, got back to Kathmandu and he sought an email to his friends, if you have books, which is good for school kids, please send it to my home in the US. And he headed back to his work in the US, in Australia. And after a month or two, he got an email from his dad that, oh, the books started coming, five, 10, and a room full of books. <laughs> wow. So the challenge was how to bring those books to Nepal, that, that village in the Himalayan foothill. But he used his contacts and he managed to bring those books. And through his guide, he informed the school that a trekker who had promised to bring books is coming back. And he just wanted to go and hand over the books. But to his surprise, when he arrived very close to the village, he saw that there was a big celebrations going on. There were gates made out of banana trees, garlands for him, wow. right? Music, the local music. So the whole village was waiting to welcome him to the village called Bahundana. As the top executive for Microsoft, he had checked into the most luxurious hotels, Four Seasons or you name it, red carpet welcome, but never in life he had felt that warmth 
that genuine hospitality, that genuine gratefulness. And as he distributed, handed over the books, and he headed back to Kathmandu, he already talking to himself. He was telling himself that, oh, you can't make your boss any richer because he was already the richest man <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> he said, the purpose of your life should perhaps be to change the lives of these kids who are deprived from the basic access to reading and books. So he kind of got the calling of his life. And as he got back to his work, he already decided that I'm not going to continue what I was doing. I would rather change the lives of the kids. So in, in the year two, he quit his job from Microsoft. He started an NGO called Room to Read, started publishing books for kids in English and local language libraries and later schools and now this room to read has become a global NGO or international NGO started initially in Nepal now it does work across the globe in Africa in Asia in South America and it's changing lives so the point is a very simple backpacking trek trip to Nepal not only changed the course of life of the trekker, his name was John Wood, W-O-O-D, and he's the founder of Room to Read. Now he's doing amazing work, sharing the goodness through education. And that is one of the many examples. That's not the only example. A trip that not just changed the course of his life, but it changed the lives of many, many kids around the globe. That's a fascinating story. And, um... so Thomas, you should also come back, but you can't quit Eat Over News or your travel news empire i know <laughs> <laughs> well it's not an empire but i guess i could do it from nepal why not i mean you guys have internet right it's a global thing but i'm uh, it's a fascinating story pankai and this uh, confirms once more tourism is a business of peace and it's a people business it's not about all white sandy beaches and beautiful cities and fancy food and uh, luxury hotels uh, there's more to tourism. And I think Nepal is one of these destinations where you can explore this. And um, I would love to get more of your stories. I'm sure this isn't the only story you can uh, tell about Nepal. And uh, thank you so much for, for being on uh, our podcast this time. And um, I encourage our readers, if you have any questions, comments, or you want to get in touch with Pankai, just simply go to livestream.travel. Uh, and click on contact and we'd be happy to forward your question or your information and if you really wanted to go on a different type of uh, trip not only to explore nepal but to explore yourself while you are in nepal panka is the person really to contact i think 
Thank you so much, Franca. Namaste. And hopefully we have you again uh, very soon. And please uh, keep in touch and uh, enjoy your day in Nepal. Enjoy some of the fantastic food. I really miss the food. It's another great thing about Nepal. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. Uh, it's really lovely. And uh, I'm sure we can help many people in the inner voyage of discovery. Thank you from the Himalaya. Thank you from Kathmandu. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another edition from Livestream.Travel. We will be back with more updates from eTurbo News soon. If you have any questions or you'd like to be featured in one of our upcoming editions, simply go to Livestream.Travel and click on Contact. For more information on the Travel News Group, publisher of eTurbo News, Hawaii News Online, Travel Wire News, and many others, go to TravelNewsGroup.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon.